Welcome to the Inner Huddle, a youth football development podcast for parents, coaches, and managers of young aspiring footballers. Your hosts from Pezza Street Soccer are Pez and Jeff. Welcome along to the Inner Huddle Futsal Special. We have Jeff in the studio. Hello. Hello, we have Donna on controls and we have special guests from Pez's Futsal Club and Salisbury United Super League Futsal team, Phil Burnson. Good afternoon, Pez. How you doing, mate? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. It's been a while since you've been sat in that chair. Yeah, it has. It was good fun last time. Yeah, well, I can't promise that today, mate. <laughs> but we will try our best. Now, the format for today, we've thought long and hard about it and we've gone for our usual question answers type format some are frequently asked questions and some that have been actually sent into the show there's a few that got sent in this morning we'll try and include everything apologies if we don't a little bit of intro jeff a little bit of your background i've written here uefa b futsal you haven't quite completed that yet have you next month i'm doing my final assessment you are manager of super league futsal team salisbury united as of this season yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you coach for Pez's Street Soccer, the Academy and Development Centres, and former coach of Brazilian Soccer Schools. Yep, so I've really got you to thank for most of this, Pezza, because you are the chairman of FC Salisbury United, and the only way I got involved with any sort of futsal was through watching you coach at Brazilian Soccer Schools and asking if I could come along and help. I don't know. Maybe so I'm to blame. Eight, year, <laughs> eight years later, and look where we are. Yes, exactly. Everything's going absolutely fantastic. Phil, I've written here, Super League player. Correct. For Salisbury United and head coach of Pez's Futsal Club. I am indeed. Which, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so Futsal Club was set up three years ago now, yeah, wasn't it? That, yeah. um, and the kids coming through the academy. So when they go into secondary school, they then progressed onto the Futsal Club that we created. And it's just to give them a pathway into Jeff's Super League side, hopefully in a few years' time when they turn 16. Yeah, we'll touch on a little bit more of that uh, later because we have a question on it. So we won't go too in-depth into that now. My background... 10 years as a Brazilian soccer school franchisee. So learnt from people like Simon Clifford, Correca, Socrates, Carlos Alberto. Became good friends with Byron Andrew, who went on to play for the England futsal team. So that was uh, my first connection with futsal, really. I'm chairman of the Super League side, Salisbury United, founder of Pezza Street Soccer and Futsal Club. And believe it or not, I played a bit. Did you both play in the uh, Bournemouth League that time? Should we not talk about that? Who scored that winning goal? I can't remember. Let's move swiftly on. It was a great finish. Donna, um, your futsal background. <laughs> <laughs> the only information I know is from you two, right. and I've learnt so much, which well, is nothing. Let's hope um, that continues today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I learn very a lot from you guys. Um, I don't know much about sport. I like to watch some sports, tennis mainly. Uh, but apart from that, I don't really know much. So you guys teach me lots. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Good. Shall we just crack on straight into our first question. We've got 16, I think it is, questions written down on uh, on these bits of paper. We'll try and get through as many as we can. I'd like to finish them all, but as we know with previous shows, it doesn't always happen, does it, Jeff? One thing I've learned from looking into this the last couple of days is we're going to need a futsal special too, aren't we? Yeah. It's, it's quite clear. Um, and whether we invite Phil back, well, <laughs> it depends on your performance today, mate. Right, enough of all that. Let's get straight in with question number one. Have any professional footballers played futsal? Jeffrey. Well, the short answer is yes. <laughs> um, on, the longer answer is, I think if you're going to watch the World Cup and follow that closely, probably the best player in most of the top teams will have come through a futsal background. 
So you're looking at Coutinho, Neymar, Salah, who's on absolute fire this season. I think there's some video footage of him on yeah. YouTube playing. Uh, you can futsal. find most of these when they're youngsters playing futsal back in their home countries. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, Messi, Iniesta. Um, the list is is pretty exhaustive. Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, and then if you go back through history, you're looking at Pele and Maradona. And if it's not futsal, it's probably some form of street soccer, futsal-based out on an open court somewhere, so it might not look exactly like futsal as we know it, but it will be street football. Especially the older generation, the, the, yeah. the newer ones like Kevin De Bruyne have probably played actual yeah. modern-day futsal. Yeah, he's done an interview with the F2 Freestylers where he talks he about his futsal background and how it's helped him. And play. interestingly, I saw a couple of sort of more familiar names, well, not familiar because they're world greats, but to, to uh, English football, Will Hughes, Ben Davies, Micah Richards and Lewis Holtby, a couple of... Spurs connections there, you've been a Spurs fan. All had a futsal background and then went on to become professional footballers in this country. So it proves it can be done over here too. Yeah, we knew quite a bit about Mika Richards because he came through Brazilian soccer schools. Yeah, he did, yeah. Phil? Touch upon most of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be he's stolen your thunder yeah. a bit there. It's not um, enough. Did we mention Iniesta, by the way? Yeah, he did. Um, Iniesta's one of my favourite ones because a lot of people look to him and a lot of this is coming up later about is it fancy flicks and tricks and stuff and Iniesta's a get it, give it you know, quick passing tempo type player, um, which you probably wouldn't associate, or people who don't know about futsal wouldn't associate that style with futsal. And I, so I like his association with it. And we do have a quote from Iniesta somewhere. Yes, here we go. I love futsal. I enjoy it a lot. I love the skill with the ball, the intensity of the moves, the sidesteps, the blocks, the passing. Iniesta. And that was courtesy of the futsal shop. That's where I pinched that from. This well morning. done, Damon Shaw. Yeah. Damon Shaw, yeah. yes. Another big uh, ambassador of the game. Question number two, please. I should just say with question number one, we've got lots of quotes there that we could read out. Um, pages of them from famous footballers that have played futsal or commenting on it. But should we save some of those for a little bit later? Right. Question number two, please, Donna. Number two. What exactly is futsal? <laughs> oh, everyone's looked at me. Yeah, everyone's looked at you, <laughs> Jeff. You're um, the one with the UA for B almost badge. <laughs> what exactly is futsal? Everyone knows what football is pretty much, don't they? It's yeah. a small-sided version of that. It's played in a sports hall with a smaller ball, size 4, um, with reduced bounce. And it's very slightly heavier because it's got foam around the bladder, which means the ball stays on the floor and it's a much more exciting game, I believe, than football. There's normally more goals, more passes, more dribbles, more saves, more shots. Um, it just keeps people entertained. I think it's more fun to play. And as well as that, it's a great development tool for football players, as we've just discussed. We're going to come on to that a little bit. Um, Question number three as well, Jeff. And it, the best thing to do if someone asks what it exactly is futsal, just go on YouTube and type it in. And then you're going to see some of the best clips you've ever seen in your life. There was a great advert, I think it was 2006, with Ronaldinho, the Joga Benito one, and yeah. Eric Cantona. There's uh, some great footage of him playing, wasn't there, when he was a kid. I've just written here in my notes, extensive notes for once, I should add, that the word is shortened from the Spanish and Portuguese words football sala and football de salon, basically meaning indoor football. And it's a mixture, I believe, of obviously football, basketball, handball and water polo rules. I think water polo is the, the goalkeepers. They took the rules from water polo goalkeepers. So I believe Interesting. <laughs> there's lots of different research out there. And I noticed pretty quickly that Wikipedia wasn't the place to go for some of these facts. But we'll get on to where to go to find out a little bit more about the sport a little bit later on. Still with us, Phil? I'm still here. <laughs> Sorry, mate, we're not uh, bringing you in yet. But I think the next one on youth development question and a little bit later, there'll be a lot more with 
Pez's futsal club and stuff for you. Let's get into it. Don't add anything on what is futsal? Obviously, you play um, the game, you coach it. I've just found it's very fitness-based, um, lots of passing and moving. I think people associate futsal more with sort of skills and flair, and actually I'm finding it's more to do with your, your movements and trying to create space for yourself and for your teammates. And it's not football. People see futsal as five-a-side football, and it's not. They're, they're completely different sports in so many ways. Yeah, you can enjoy it in its own right as a great sport, and you can also use it as a development tool to help hone your skills for football, can't you? All right there, Jeff. Yeah, and on, on that, if you do futsal properly, it's a much better football development tool than just throwing it in occasionally to try and make your football team better, if that makes sense. So do futsal for futsal's sake, and you'll improve football players by doing it. Shall we move on to question number three, where I'm sure we can all add a little bit of value, because obviously the Inner Huddle show is a youth development football show, and this one ties in nicely with what we're all about. So question number three, why do you like futsal so much for youth development? Looking You're looking at me, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at Phil. Um, I we like can all it. add a bit of value here, can't we? I like it because in, with football coaching, you're always trying to find ways to challenge players, put them under certain types of stresses, which will make them better football players. And playing futsal in a tighter space with more challenging decisions to make because you've always got pressure on you more often than not. Uh, that's why I like it as a football development tool. Agreed. Firstly, I've written here, it's great fun. Yeah. So if the kids are really enjoying it, then they're obviously going to learn more. And I've put it, to be good at anything, you have to be subjected to lots of situations and also make lots of mistakes to learn from. And in futsal, it accelerates that learning process because you're you're subject to more of everything, more shots, more dribbles, and obviously more mistakes. And then you can learn from those mistakes. And that is the part of the learning process. And obviously a lot of coaches try and have, or put on sessions that are mistake-free, whether that's because they want to win games or to impress parents and things like that. Where in fact you need to set up sessions where you make as many mistakes as possible. And futsal kind of does that automatically, doesn't it? Where they can learn yeah. from their own mistakes. And also, based on the four corner model, it gives you the FA four corner model, I should say, gives you absolutely everything in an accelerated learning environment. So technically, psychologically, physically, and socially, you can pick out bits for all of those. The, the biggest social difference is that it's, there's five in a team on the court at one time but you've got 12 in a squad. So you're constantly working with a four off the court, talking about tactics, and they might be working them out for themselves, working on corner routines and set pieces. So socially, it very quickly and very easily covers that corner and gives and you roles and responsibilities. they get very used to rolling yes. on and off as well, yeah. which, you know, in this country, if you're starting on the bench or keep coming yeah. off, a bit of a stigma attached to it, whereas futsal, yeah. it's part of the game. It has to be done. And quite often, the, the second four that come on, it might be a tactical thing where they might actually be your favourite four or something like that. And the first four is a bit like the opening round in boxing where you're just feeling each other out and, and working out how it's going to go. Physically, another one of the four corners, Phil. Obviously, you've got a bit of a fitness background as well and you've touched on it earlier, the fitness and the movement. It's what surprised me the most about futsal. Yeah, it's relentless and I think you have to be 100% the whole time with futsal. If you're not, then it can quite easily cost your team a goal or you lose a mark or whatever it might be. And I'm finding with futsal that it helps you become almost a complete player because unlike football, you've got you know your striker that defensively he doesn't have to worry as much as you would do in futsal because you have to play in every single position you have to keep rotating you have to keep following runners so defensively and attack wise you have to be able to do both it helps you to be an all-round complete yeah. player doesn't it yeah there's no hiding no not at all it's not like in football where you can sit up front waiting for the ball or you know sitting at the back and all that kind of stuff you really do need to and you can find yourself on the left side and the right side so you have to be comfortable with the ball receiving it and releasing it on the left hand side of your body right hand side of the body getting your head up quick it's got 
everything in there and in an accelerated environment. It's the perfect tool, isn't it? If done properly. Yeah, and I think the other thing, if you go and watch, you know, live top level futsal, the thing that surprises most people is the physicality of it and the strength of these players. And sometimes you'll get an absolute beast of a striker pivot coming on and someone, you know, either someone's going to be swapped from the bench to go and deal with that or the person on the court has just got to match them or be quicker and get round them and, and it will develop every aspect of football just by playing the game. And you get, I think um, there's a quote here somewhere from Brazil, some doctor... Um, 600% more touches of the ball in futsal than football. So automatically your touch is going to improve. And in tight spaces, your decision-making is going to improve. Loads of 1v1 situations yeah. that we struggle with in this country. It's, it's quite a crude way of measuring it, but that the fact that you're getting more touches of the ball is going to... I mean, the question's about a youth development tool. Yeah. There's, there's, it is a crude way of measuring it, like I said, but there's Purpose an obvious is the word, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, an obvious way of, of measuring why it's a good football development tool. Reading situations, reading body language, we could go on and on. It's an incredible tool for youth development and obviously something that we're quite passionate about. Yeah, and, and the reason I got into futsal was because of all these facts and these reasons and factors. And we actually use what we would call the traditional game, the forerunner of futsal, football de salon, don't we? Yeah. Because um, we use the size two ball in most of our training. Um, when we play futsal, we use the correct ball, um, size ball. But in our training, we use the traditional size two ball, which I believe was only changed when it got onto TV because it was difficult to see the ball. So, yeah, all in agreement there that if you're struggling as a coach with kids, you're better off than trying to force things you don't know about and just letting them play futsal yeah. and doing it properly. And you'll find that most of it takes care of and itself naturally coming back to football de salon i'm i actually believe that that's a great development tool for futsal as well so as yeah. much as futsal is a great development tool for football that will help futsal players become proper futsal players if you like and move correctly and receive the ball correctly um, especially with the younger players i find the movement is incredible i've had people say to me oh, i can tell people that play futsal just by the way they move yeah, um, and their movement improves massive. They've been playing it from a young age. You can tell the way they receive the ball. I know obviously the obvious ones they receive it a lot with their soul, but just the way they move um, and obviously read the game too. It's all in there. I've noticed actually recently a few parents messaging me saying how much they can see futsal's helping them with their football on a football pitch and their ball control and the fact that they're you know more comfortable receiving it in tight spaces and especially I'm. I'm noticing that checking is a huge part of futsal. So pretending to go one way, coming back the other to try and create yourself that bit of space to receive the ball, even space for your teammate to, to run into, it's just becoming massive. It's Something just I noticed with Ricardinho when we watched uh, him playing against Barcelona, wasn't it? How he, his disguises and his feints um, on and off the ball. It's not just on the ball, mm. off it. Um, he was incredible. But we'll come on to Ricardinho a little bit later. Um, and yeah, and I've just written down here, which I hadn't originally, confidence. I think if you're playing a lot of futsal and you become comfortable with the ball and you're happy to take it whilst under pressure, it builds your confidence. And then when you go out to play normal football, you feel like you've got all the time in the world and all the confidence to deal with any situation. In a nutshell, happy? Yep, question number four. Jeff, you actually look like you're enjoying yourself today. <laughs> I could talk futsal all day. Yeah, good. It. This is a great idea. Jeff's adding value. Right. Question number four. Jeffrey, over to you, my friend. Question number four. Is futsal a new sport or a bit of a fad? Mmm, OK. What do we think, Phil? I'm going to put you on the spot, <laughs> yeah, mate. I can't read my notes. <laughs> well, as far as I'm aware, it's not a new sport. And it was founded back in the 1930s in, in Uruguay, I believe. Right, Stato over there. Yeah. Oh, that's well, a little me. bit of research. Hey, post Jeff and Stato. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. 
But um, yeah, with the Hitch side, I've noticed that South American sides seem to be dominating from the start and through to now. So I know you're going on to world rankings shortly. Yeah. But your your well beaters in football, the likes of your Brazils and Spains and Argentinas, are also top ranks in futsal as well. Yeah, sure. Whereas we at the moment are not. I've written here, similar to you here, Phil, that it's um, in various forms. It's been around for, for over 100 years, but it was in the 1930s in Uruguay that it's, it first became as the sport we would recognise today. But if you, if you want a complete history of the game, and a lot more depth than we could ever do it justice, Doug Reed, who's an England player and plays for Manchester Futsal Club, Jeff? Yeah. He's got an excellent blog called Futsal Past, Present and Future, which it I, is excellent. It is really, really good. So if you're interested in the history and where we are at with the game, then he's the man to go to. And he can be found on Twitter and Facebook. Have a little look, follow him. And um, he does some excellent blogs. So we've established, Phil, Stato, that um, 1930, early 1930s was about when it started in Uruguay and quickly spread through South America. And then all across the world, England, a bit slow to catch on, weren't they, Jeff, to be fair? But yeah, there are World Cups, European Championships, there's a Champions League, Correct me if ever I'm wrong in any of this, Jeff. That's It'll just... be Champions League this season, whereas it's been UEFA Cup. Yes, yeah, I knew there Cup. was something that I had to be careful with there. And there are professional leagues all around the world now. And just to show how popular it is in other countries, 56,483 fans watched Brazil v Argentina in 2014. Incredible, that. Was that inside a football stadium? Must have been. That yeah. They put a footsie picture in there. I'm not sure. I'm sure they do. I've seen the pictures of it. Yeah, I have as well. Incredible, that. And yes, like I said, if you want to learn more about it, Doug Reed on uh, Twitter and Facebook for his blogs. Give him a follow. Anything else to add to that? A new sport or a bit of a fad? It's definitely not a fad. It's here to stay. It's yep. not going anywhere. Yes, it, it could certainly do with a lot of funding and a lot of things to happen to help grow the game. But we are going to get onto that a little bit later. Should we move on to question number five? I'm conscious that we're uh, not rallying through them probably as quickly as we need to in this format. Right, question number five. I'm going to ask this question, Jeff, because I think you're the main man to answer these. I get very confused with all the rules, especially concerning goalkeepers. Can you do a section on rules, please? And my notes just say Jeff and Phil. So if you two can answer that one, that'd be great. Oh, we played at um, St George's Park on Sunday um, and I stayed on to watch the England v Poland game. And in the programme, luckily enough, that I picked up, there's the futsal laws of the game section. So there's one, two... Three, four, this isn't five, going to be six, the section seven, where nine, 10, people 10, 12, go and put 13, the kettle 14. on or fall asleep, is it? Can we have um, a brief um, overview, Jeff? We'll do a brief overview. <laughs> Thank you. So Cheers, mate. It says the pitch, but it's actually a court, isn't it? And it's played on sort of 20 by 40 size Basketball area. size, is it still? No, oh, no, it's much bigger than yeah, basketball bigger. court. Is it? It's um, maybe two or three basketball courts oh, wow. going across them, pretty much. Then sure the, what I know. The goals are almost square. They're three metres by two metres, um, rather than your sort of... Letterbox goals that they use in five-a-side English. Are they the same size as handball goals? Yes, they are, which is where it originated from, the game. The laws of the game is played to line, so it's not off walls like you'd normally see in English five-a-side. We mentioned the ball earlier, size four, um, reduced bounce. It's only 30% bounce compared to 60 or whatever it is for a football. Um, So it stays on the floor a lot more and it makes you pass and use your clever skills to get out of trouble a lot more than football. There's rolling substitutions, so there's no... There's no limit on 
how many times someone can come on and off the court. So a manager can call somebody off, give them some tactics, throw them straight back on if they want, or they can come off for as long as they need. It's kick-ins instead of throw-ins at the moment, but there's talk yeah, about that changing and going this. back to throw-ins, which it was originally. How do you uh, feel about that, Jeffrey? I think because futsal's come so far with kick-ins, it should stay with kick-ins. I mean, it would be like changing football. What's their reasoning behind it? Have you heard, or is it just I've, a change for changes' sake? Isn't it both? So I thought they had a choice, is what they were talking about. So you could choose to take a kick-in or a throw-in, okay. rather than having just the one. That is one suggestion for the rule change. I think originally it was just throw-ins. I think even corners were taken with a throw-in originally. But I just think it should stay with kick-ins, because that's what people growing up knowing the sport now know. It would be like changing football from throw-ins to kick-ins now. It would be, you'd be an uproar, wouldn't you, probably? Um, yeah. But what they are saying is, statistically... Um, more goals might be scored and more spectacular goals will be scored from taking throw-ins because you can it, it changes the whole dynamic of the game, really. Um, OK, fair enough. So there's a five-metre rule from all set pieces, so whether that's a kick-in, a free-kick or a goal throw, so you've got to be five metres away from the ball being played back into play. Goalkeepers is where it gets a little bit more complicated. Yeah, I think this um, is the one they were getting really confused on. <laughs> so if the ball goes out the back of the goal, it's restarted with a goal throw rather than a goal kick. And then... If you say every time your team's in possession, you call that a phase of play, once your goalkeeper has touched it in that phase of play, he can't have it then back again. Unless you're going for a power play and playing a, a fly keeper, which means the keeper's come over the halfway line, then you can use your goalkeeper as many times as you want. And it's a tactic to outnumber the opposition to try and score more goals or to keep the ball away from the opposition and run the clock down. It's actually sounding very complicated, but it's not, is it? It's a very No, once you've game. seen it happen, yeah. it makes sense again. And then the time is 20 minutes each half, but it's on a stop clock. So whenever I do my stopwatch during a game, um, when, when we play stop clock, it's probably around about 40 to 45 minutes a yeah, half. It's roughly double, isn't it? Um, so there's no, there's no time wasting, which is great. So you can't run the clock down by kicking it out into row Z. <laughs> you got as long as the clock plays. Jeff, just to touch upon that, isn't there another rule change with the flykeeper they were talking about as well? So where teams are almost abusing the flykeeper rule where they might yeah. be leading, but then they use the flykeeper to just try and get more and more goals and they're talking about only being able to use it when you're in a losing position. Yes, there's, that's one suggestion. And, a, and another suggestion is maybe just to do away with it altogether. It's, it's a, as a, from a coaching perspective, it's really exciting what you can do with the flykeeper, both defending and attacking. Futsal is supposed to be an exciting game, so when teams are using it to run the clock down solely for that reason and just possession, 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 that's not enthusing fans and they might be getting a little bit bored and turning off from the game, which is not what Futsal's trying to achieve. So yeah. I think it's really an interesting aspect of the game, the flykeeper, and from a coaching perspective, it means, especially for youth development, your goalkeepers are coming out and they're using their feet um, and, you know, looking at Man City. It's great and, for that, isn't Yeah, it? Man City with their goalkeeper who switches play and does all sorts of things, um, restarts play, recycles the game and all that kind of stuff, and it's all about possession. That could get missed in youth development. So I love the flykeeper rule as it is. Doug Reed actually has made some really good suggestions on how you could change it to make it um, more exciting for the viewers, which I actually tend to agree with. So well done on that, Doug. I've seen that on his Twitter. And then there's a few other things about sliding tackles, which in some... It's a bit of a grey area, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it Slide is. tackle. Slide blocks seem to be OK, but if it's, you know, an excessive... Um, physical force on the opponent. Even if you get the ball first, you're probably going to get a foul. George Plank it. found out at St <laughs> yes. George's Park. Yes, he did. Weekend. Um, and then, if you give away five fouls in in one half, the sixth foul thereafter is a ten meter penalty. So you, you've you've got to really watch your tackles. You can't just be 
flying around giving away silly fouls all, all half because it's going to cost you maybe goals. And that's hopefully, I've done my bit. There's... I've written timeouts. Yeah, I've just seen mm. that on my sheet. Well. <laughs> so each each manager gets a timeout each half to use when, when they want. And it's quite often used to change a fly keeper or something like that or something tactical. Occasionally, you might just use it to give your pre- players on the court a breather because you want to keep them on the court. And uh, how long do you get once the ball's out of possession, once you picked it up to do, say, a kick-in? You, you have four seconds four when seconds. you're in control of the ball or when you could have been in control of the ball. OK, so they are top-level rules, yeah. as set down by FIFA, I presume. Yeah. Um, but if you're using futsal for youth development, then don't worry too much about it all. Just get going and give it a go and learn as you go along, really. Yeah. Don't get too bogged down with... I actually think the game of futsal looks a lot more like a game of football than an English five-a-side where people quite often will say, oh, this isn't real football and stuff. But it's a lot closer to the game of football than... than Kicking a a furry tennis ball. Yeah, a big tennis ball bouncing off the walls and the ceilings and... Yeah, and I, trying to score in a letterbox goal when you're not allowed inside the area. So there's no, it, it just doesn't look like football to me, but my opinion. Cool. And we should say big hello to George Plank. I know he's listening. And uh, rumour has it he's still at St George's Park arguing with someone that <laughs> his, uh, his tackle was legitimate. I don't know. So uh, if you could come back quickly, mate, that would be great. Um, right. Question number six. Donna, can you read this one out? Number six. I'm a female football player and would be very interested in getting involved in futsal. Are there there any women's leagues? Right, yes, there are. Um, So the simple answer to that is yes. And locally, we are setting up, hopefully for next season, is this correct, Jeff? want to get factually correct. We are setting up a women's team. That's the plan, isn't it? We're doing our best to make it happen, yes. We are doing our best to make it happen. Are we going to give away any more than that, or are we just going to say... Because it's going to be local to here, hopefully, isn't it? Yes. Um, Their home venue. We, we won't give away too much more We won't give that. away too um, much. There are um, women's futsal leagues, there's National Futsal League. Um, shout out to Emma Tune, who's South London ladies, won the National League uh, this weekend. Actually. Yes, she actually... I contacted her last night, because I've... I've known her for many years because she was a Brazilian soccer school coach as well. And she sent this, that there's a FA National Women's League, which is split into North, Midlands and South. So there's three divisions there. And the winners and best runner-up play a two-leg playoff with the two winners then playing a grand final at St George's Park, which is what she played in at the weekend. And they were champions beating Nottingham Uni in the final. Um, And good luck as well. To Emma for they got the FA Cup finals coming up I think which is the 16th and 17th two June. weeks time yeah excellent um, and the main difference between it is they play at regional venues so each club doesn't have to find their own facility they all just go and play at the one place uh, good knowledge I didn't know that yeah well I found that out because we're trying to start up a women's team so okay um, research yeah so you can get along and, and see them playing probably weekly basis when the season starts again and women's football is massive at the moment as well so it's yeah. only natural that women's futsal will take off and follow its lead we hope It'll probably face all the similar problems that the men's side of the game faces because there'll be some women's football teams that won't want their players playing futsal yeah probably but these are all hurdles and obstacles that you can overcome and grow the game and make it stronger <laughs> right oh i've written here as well that iran have just won the asia cup the the women's and i've written here that there are Euro Championships and world ones, but I'm not sure that's correct. There might be unofficial ones, because I've written here that Brazil are the world champions, but I'm not 
100% sure that that's true, whether it's a FIFA one or not. Um, and I've written it, Jeff, so I'm going to put you on the spot. It says here, Russia are the champions of the Euros, but I believe the first one's just coming up. Stug Reid sent me a little message this morning. Yes, um, England haven't got a side in it, which is a bit of a shame, but that's one for the future. Be in the huddle. A youth football development podcast for parents, coaches and managers of young aspiring footballers. From Peza Street Soccer.